Welcome to another message from LifePoint Church, located at 400 South Abilene in Valley Center, Kansas. For more information on LifePoint Church, go to our website at lpcag.org. It is our prayer to invest in generations to influence community. And now, today's message. Andy, would you come in LifePoint Church? Would you just give him an incredible welcome this morning? Hey, it's good to be in the house of God this morning. Amen. Hey, can we show some love to Pastor Steve and Pastor Robin this morning? Can you show them some love? I'm thankful for Pastor Steve and Robin. They've become great friends over the last several years. And as Pastor Steve said, we spent some time in Haiti together a few years ago. Got to go with... uh, Aaron, Chris, and Levi, they are here in church today, and it was uh, it was a great time, and just uh, thankful for the friendship that has formed over the years. Uh, I come to you this morning from Springfield, Missouri. Some of you may have heard, anyone here heard of Springfield, Missouri, also known to some as, as, as Mecca of the Assemblies of God, so uh, that is where I come from. I'm not originally from Springfield. I'm originally from 60 miles west of Chicago. Uh, I grew up in a farming community called Sandwich, and uh, that is not a joke. That's uh, that's for real. I grew up in a town called Sandwich, home of the Hoagie. Okay, that's a joke right there. That's a joke. Uh, but a farming community, and if it wasn't green, it was not a machine. So some of you may know what I'm talking about if you don't. Um, you can see Chris. I see him nodding right there. You can talk to Chris and ask him what a green machine is. So uh, it is great to be here today. And uh, really the only reason that I am here today is because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Jesus uh, uh, came into my life and my life has forever been changed. So uh, once again, thank you, Pastor Steve, for this opportunity. Thank you, Pastor Robin. And um, thank you, church, for your investment in missions um, around the world. Um, what I get to do is I get to work with Convoy of Hope. I get to lead teams literally all around the world. I just came back, as Pastor Steve said, I just came back from El Salvador. And um, I spent a lot of time in the, in the COVID era in, on the island of Puerto Rico uh, leading short-term teams. And prior to my time with uh, Convoy of Hope, I served with Assemblies of God World Missions in the country of the Philippines. And uh, just to share a little bit more, I'm going to go ahead and show this uh, short video.
know you guys are familiar with Convoy of Hope, and I thank you for for the uh, times that you guys have partnered with Convoy of Hope and your your financial support towards Convoy of Hope. We have a driving passion to feed the world. We do that through children's feeding initiatives. We are feeding over 500,000 kids uh, every single school day around the world. We do that through women's empowerment programs. We do that through empowered girls programs. We do that through agriculture programs. We do that through community events, and we do that through disaster response. So that's a little bit of Convoy of Hope in, in a nutshell. But today, missions. We're talking about missions, and thank you once again. If, if you're a student here and you give to Speed the Light, thank you for, for giving to Speed the Light. You help us drive our semis all across the United States, delivering hope for people in times of need, in times of disasters. If you give to BGMC, thank you for giving to BGMC as well. It, it all makes a difference. It all makes a difference. And uh, missions, missions. It's not a matter if we're called to go or not. We're all called to go. We are all, each and every one of you, look at your neighbor and tell you, it's talking to you. We're all called to go. We're all called to go somewhere. <clears throat> it's just a matter of where. Where are we called to go? What does that look like? I don't know if you guys, you know, the last the last several years, uh, life's been, life's been crazy. It's been kind of a roller coaster. I think we've all experience some type of loss, some type of pain, some type of isolation. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes it's easy to get stuck in life. Have any of you guys ever been stuck in life? Have any of you ever felt like you're just stuck in a spot to where you find yourself staring at situations in your life and you're like, what in the world? What in the world is going on? What is what is happening? What is happening? Uh, I like history. I like uh, Thomas Edison. Uh, he chose not to stare, and he said this right here. He said, uh, you know, he failed many of times, or many people would say that he failed, but he said, I've not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that will not work. Found 10,000 ways that will not work. How many times do we stop and stare and like, well, screwed up, I messed up, God can't use me for which, whatever reason that may be. I think as humans, uh, we're creatures of habit. I don't know about you guys, but I woke up this morning, I brushed my teeth. <laughs> you know, we get stuck in these routines, right? Whatever, whatever that may be, we may have coffee, we may have that cereal we like. We're creatures of habit, and sometimes it's easy to get stuck in our bubbles of comfort. Uh, maybe a lot of times there's dreams and passion that God has placed in us that seem like they'll never come, or maybe some of you, myself included, may think that we've, we've screwed up, dropped the ball, and uh, maybe some of us even think that God uh, could not use us. But some things that I've learned over the years is God, He's the beginning and the end he has our lives in his hands, and regardless, regardless of what may be paralyzing us from what we don't think we can do, with Christ, all things are possible. With Christ, all things are possible, right? Matthew 20, or Matthew 19, 26 says, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God.
everything is possible. And I think when we get in those ruts, when we get stuck, when we start staring at different things that are happening in our life, I think it's important to hide God's word in our heart, right? Jeremiah 29, 11, a lot of us know it. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. I have plans to give you a future filled with hope. That's good. Love this right here. Acts 1, 8 through 11. It says this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the farthest parts of the earth. This is Jesus talking. And after he said this, while they were watching, he was lifted up in a cloud, hid him from their sight. And they were still staring into the sky while he was going. Suddenly two men in white clothing stood near them and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking up into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come back in the same way you saw him go into heaven. Right? The disciples, they got stuck staring, right? Now, I got to be real. If Pastor Steve went through the roof right now, I think we'd all be staring, right? We'd all be like, what in the world is he on, right? The disciples, they got caught up staring. And I'm glad they didn't get caught up in what was going on and chose to step out because some amazing things happened when the disciples chose to stop staring. God was on the brink of doing something big. And all the disciples had to do was stop staring at what was going on in the moment. The day of Pentecost shortly came after that. Thousands got saved. And the disciples, most of all, they went, they went on to change the world. They brought hope where hope was lost. And where hopeless situations were, they continued to bring hope. So a question I have for each and every one of us this morning is, what are we staring at? What are we staring at in our lives? And how do we, how do we stop staring, right? It's, it's Mission Sunday. We're all called to go somewhere. Where are you called to go? Where are you called to step out of? What does that look like? What does that look like? Uh, I've got a few points here for you. Uh, the number one point is decide. Can you say decide? Uh, decide. Decide to meet the challenge that's placed before you. And maybe, maybe that challenge is a person. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a family member. What are, what are you going to decide to do? Are you going to decide to reflect Christ? Are you going to decide to reflect Christ? Um, something before, before I started getting involved in missions... I worked, I, w I got to talk to Pastor Levi a little bit before service started, and he's a youth pastor. He used to work in youth ministry, and uh, something that my pastor told me that I'll never, I'll never forget, he said, Andy, you will never lock eyes with someone Christ did not die for. You will never lock eyes with someone Christ did not die for. Now, I've heard others say that too um, throughout the years. But that 
is something that has stuck with me for the last 12 years, where I, I think of that all the time. Because sometimes, and I know I know here in the in the greater Wichita area, maybe maybe you don't have crazy drivers, right? But sometimes when I wake up in the morning and I'm going to work and someone cuts me off, I have to remind myself that Jesus died for that person, right? I have to remind myself of that because sometimes um, it can be easy to to lose our guard. It can be easy to uh, uh, not be a good example. You know, Christ died for Christ. He died for everyone. So uh, the first point is decide. Decide what is it that God is calling you to. Decide who you're going to choose to reflect. Am I reflecting Christ? And uh, as I said before, you'll never you'll never lock eyes with someone Christ that's just, I think that's a constant re- reminder to each and every one of us. Number two, if you want to reach people, sometimes you sometimes you have to move. Maybe God's calling you to a foreign land. Maybe he's calling you to your neighbor. Maybe he's calling you to that local barista, classmate, co-worker, whatever that may be. You have to move. You have to meet people where they are. The disciples, right? They asked Jesus, uh, they were asking Jesus, how are they going to know that we are your disciples? And it was it was a pretty simple answer. He said, by the way you love. By the way you love others. So when you move to others, when you when you reflect Christ, when you when you show people that you love them, when you do do projects like you guys just did this past week and you go to uh, serve the, the local schools, the, the utilities company and whatever else that may be, and you give them those those gift bags, that's showing them that this church loves them, this church cares for them. And I think that's I think that's uh, that's important to move. And number three is to expect. Expect God to do something. Expect something to happen. Expect God to 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 be with you. And and he will be with you important to expect expect God to do to do great things I'm I was so blown away this morning coming in here early with Pastor Steve and uh, seeing the pastors gather together and pray over you before you come and then seeing a full room that's exciting stuff that's exciting stuff and I think uh, I'm excited for what God's going to continue to do at your church and um, I, I, I don't think God just wants to uh, what's happening here in this building, but outside these walls as well. So expect, expecting God to do something, expecting and knowing that God will be with you. The fourth point is persevere. Whatever that is God's calling you to, persevere. Don't quit. Don't quit. Persevere. So I told I told you guys earlier how I grew up outside of Chicago. Uh, I was raised I was raised by my grandparents. I'm very very thankful for grandparents. Any grandparents in the house today? I'm thankful. I see those hands going up. Yes, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for grandparents. Grandparents are a, um, are a gift from God. And uh, I grew up with my grandparents, and I, I grew up in a situation that was that was kind of 
kind of a rough situation. And uh, I did not know my father until the, uh, I met my father for the first time nine years ago and uh, grew up with a single mom and then later on with my grandparents. But one thing I'm so appreciative of is my grandparents. Um, I don't know if I was appreciative of this at the time, but they, they said, you know what, you're going to go to church every Sunday. And um, so they started taking me to church every single Sunday. And uh, today, I can probably say that I'm a product of the local church, and I believe in the local church. Um, and they would take me to church, and this was when uh, we had Sunday school. I saw you guys still had Sunday school. I'm all for Sunday school. They would make me go to Sunday school. And, and I used to stare at the ground. I would not look people in the eyes because I was scared if I looked people in the eyes, I would have to say hello to them. And I was scared of people at that time. I was scared I'd have to say hello. So I just constantly looked at the ground. My grandma would go sit with me in Sunday school. And that was the start of my journey to the faith. And I don't know, I don't know for sure if I was a believer at this point or not. But as I, as I grew up in the church, I uh, had a youth pastor. I don't think he was as cool as Pastor Levi. But I uh, had a youth pastor, and he said, Hey, we've got a we've got a missions trip going on um, to India. <laughs> Do you want to go? And at this time, I'm 14 years old, <laughs> and uh, I asked my grandparents if I could go to India, and they said they said yeah, you can you can go. So I I went and I raised I raised the support needed to go to India, and I'd never been out of the Midwest at this point. I'd never been on an airplane. I think the furthest west I'd been was, like, Missouri, and the furthest uh, uh, east I'd been was Indiana. So that was my, uh, that was, that was my travel experience at that time. So I, I uh, raised the money, and that's why I do, I do encourage you, too, with this opportunity to go to Columbia, Columbia, with this opportunity to go to Columbia, man, if you've not been out of the country before. If you've not been on a mission trip, I encourage you to sign up. Make that make that happen. Even if the price tag scares you, I believe that God, God will provide. Uh, so God provided for me. When I was 14, I get on this plane. I'm white knuckle in the seat. Someone tried to tell me that, oh, if you hit a pothole, it's just, or if you hit an air pocket, it's like a pothole. That person lied to me because it definitely was not like, like that. But uh, I, uh, I ended up flying to India. And uh, like I said, I'd never been out of the Midwest. And as I was in India, my eyes were just wide open to what I saw happening and what I saw, uh, the way I saw people live, the way I saw people worship the Lord. And um, we did these things. I don't know if you guys still still do these or not. We did these things called human videos. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of you, yeah. And uh, we, did, we did these human videos, and we would get up, and we would go... And uh, and perform in front of uh, in front of these schools, and it was kind of cheesy, but it was something that got me out of my shell. Uh, so I was I was thankful for that. And um, I at this point in my life, you know, I was I was uh, kind of kind of a loner, stuck to myself, and I I got asked to share a word at a um, at a chapel at a chapel service at this Bible college 
to get up in front of people I do not want to have to share because uh, once again, if you remember what I said earlier, I did not like I did not like people, right? So I stuck to myself, and um, I don't know if Pastor Levi does this, but my youth pastor ended up bribing me. He bribed me. He's like, if you get up in front of this uh, this college, I will pay for your summer camp. So I was like, here I am, Lord, send me. So I get up to that podium. It wasn't cool and hip like this table, but I, I get up to the podium, and I start shaking. And I didn't know what to say. I start turning white, and I don't know if you know this, but it's not good for a brown person to turn white. Um, and as as I'm shaking, um, at this point in my life, I, I, I left out a, an important thing that, that happened. So I was born at 25, 25 weeks, and I had a major speech impediment. I was not able to speak clearly. So one of the main reasons I did not want to speak was because I was scared if I got in front of those people that they would start laughing. Not a good laughter like you guys just laughed. That's okay. I don't I don't take that personal. But I was I was scared. I was like, oh my God. Like, what's gonna happen? And as I stepped up to that podium, not even knowing if I was following Christ at this moment, because a lot of times I thought, man, if this Jesus is real, why does my life stink? Why have these things happened to me? Um, and at that point, you know, I did not know my father. So how come I don't have a dad, right? There was a lot of why, why, why. And in that moment when I stepped up to the podium, for the first time in my life, I remember speaking a complete sentence without stuttering. And that was my aha moment. That was my Jesus moment right there and then. And I decided to start a relationship with Christ. And I've never, ever, ever have been the same since. I've never been the same since. And as life happens, right, life can take you on many different detours. And I remember, I remember feeling called to missions right there and then. I remember feeling called to missions. I want to do this the rest of my life. Um, but I decided to take some different routes. And uh, nine years ago, nine years ago, I, or ten years ago, I was on an elevator in Detroit, Michigan. I was at uh, National Fine Arts. You guys do fine arts? I was at National Fine Arts. And I get on an elevator, and as I'm on the elevator, I start a conversation with a gentleman. And uh, he had a lanyard on, and said Springfield, Missouri. Springfield, Missouri, who is Mecca. I said, oh, you're from Mecca. And he said, well, yes, but no. And he started telling me that he worked with this organization called Convoy of Hope and uh, ended up asking me if I wanted to do an internship with Convoy of Hope. And at this point in my life, I was like, did not know where I was going, what I was doing. And one of the best yeses I ever said was yes to that internship. And uh, that took me to the Philippines, and then um, uh, I decided this is what I want to do with my life. I signed up with the Sons of God World Missions, and uh, here, here I am today. You know, it's uh, it, it really, it really is, is amazing how God works. And I, I think 
regardless of how many detours your life takes, regardless of where you are now, that God can still God can still use you, He can still redeem you, and He does have great plans for you. Um, but something I want you to really think of is who is it that God's calling you to? What people group, what uh, neighbor, what barista, what you fill in the blank, classmate, whatever that may be, family member, who is God calling you to? And uh, sometimes, I think there's so many times that we can get uh, tied up and let our circumstances kind of uh, determine what we do with our lives. And, uh, you know, first of all, our circumstances, none of our circumstances define who we are. I mean, we, they don't define who we are, but God defines who we are. And uh, I just, I know that whatever's in front of us is so much greater than anything, anything that we've been through, any of our past mistakes, what's ahead of us is so much greater. Jesus, he, uh, he ended up using a lot of people that were that were messed up. Um, Noah, right? He built the ark. That dude, he struggled with alcohol. Abraham, he was a seasoned man in life. Isaac, he was a daydreamer. Jacob, he had issues with lying. Leah, she wasn't that attractive. Joseph, he was abused. Moses, he had a stuttering problem. Gideon, he was afraid. He was scared. Samson, he had long hair, and he was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David was an, adulter an adulterer and a murderer. Elijah struggled with suicide thoughts. Isaiah, he preached naked. Did they do that, Pastor Steve? Jonah, he chose to run from God. Naomi, she was a widow. Job, he went bankrupt. John the Baptist, he ate bugs. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying. Jesus interceding heavily. Martha, she worried about everything. The Samaritan woman, she was divorced more than once. Zacchaeus, he was too small. Paul, he was too religious. Timothy, he had an ulcer. Lazarus, Lazarus, he was dead. 2 Corinthians 12.9 tells us this. He said, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. All those people I just mentioned, they had, they had different weaknesses. They had, they had struggles. They had every reason not to be used.
need you to think, who is it that God wants you to minister to this next week? Who is, what is God telling you to stop staring at, to telling you to go to? And uh, as, as we support missions, I understand last year, this is exciting, last year was the most that you guys have invested in missions as a church in church history. That's pretty amazing. That's really awesome. And, you know, it's more than just $5 or $500 or whatever it is that you're investing, whatever it is that God is telling you to. It's, it's ultimately, it's people's eternities that are forever changed. And one day you'll get to meet someone, and they'll go up to you and they'll be like, Hey, Chris, thanks for giving in missions because I'm saved now because of your investment. And that's... That's the truth, and none of that is out of um, none of that's out of guilt. Like what, whatever, whatever God tells you, um, you know, I believe. I don't believe. I know that He will He will bless what you give above and beyond. So, to kind of put that into uh, perspective, I'm going to show I'm going to show a video in a moment here. But uh, you know, now I, I look at having the opportunities to be able to go and travel. There's there's a woman that I've met in our women's empowerment programs that before um, they used to go to the local markets and beg for money, and now they get to go to the local markets and they get to sell their eggs. They get to sell chickens. And all of that happens because someone has chose to invest in a ministry. All that has happened because people have chosen to invest in missions. So um, thank you for what you've invested. Thank you for what you will continue to invest. And one of the reasons we give is because not all of us can go, but we can help send other people. And this is why we send other people. That is the number of people who have never heard the name of Jesus. They live in a place where they will grow up, live their lives, and die without ever hearing his name. Let that sink in. 3.2 billion. It is hard for our brains to fully comprehend how many people a million is, let alone a billion. If he is the only way to get to the Father and have eternal life, we cannot be okay with this as Christians. 3.2 billion. If they never hear about Jesus and his saving work on the cross, they're going to go to hell. It is a reality that we try and hide ourselves from. Romans 3.23 and 6.23 say this really well. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world 
in the things that have been made, though they are without excuse. There are no innocent people in this world. We are all in need of our Savior's sacrifice. The church needs people willing to lay down everything to tell people about it. In Acts 1.8, Jesus gives his final instructions to his disciples. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without somebody preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So everyone received one of these uh, cards, one of these faith promise giving uh, cards on your seat this morning, and um, on it <clears throat> you can give. This this goes beyond whatever whatever your regular tithing is, but this goes to support missions around the world. And like I said, for those of you that give, thank you so much uh, for your continued support. But maybe God. We'll nudge at you and place something on your heart to give something else as well. So you can go ahead, you can you can fill it out, you can do, uh, this can be weekly, this can be monthly, uh, this can be a one-time, whatever it is that God is placing on your heart. And uh, on it as well as you make that faith, prom faith promise, uh, you can just put all your information in there at the beginning um, and all your info right there. And this is, uh, this is just something, uh, you know, as, as you guys... You guys made history last year as a church. Uh, let's make history again and go above and beyond. And, uh, you know, uh, crazy times, right? Crazy economy, but none of this is a surprise to, to God. And in, in God's world, you know, an economy, economy goes above and beyond anything that we can see. And uh, just know that when you give, it's, it's lives that are forever being impacted eternities that are being forever changed, and you're still, you're still, you're still a great giver, so uh, I'd ask that you just pray about that, and know that, um, that whatever it is that God places on your heart, that it will be used for Him, and it will be, it will be used to make a kingdom impact, so thank you. This concludes the teaching. Thank you for listening, and we hope you can join us for next Sunday's service with Pastor Steve Raines.